later on this morning. Before I go, I have some personal news for you. I'm going to be taking a break from Money Talk for the next seven and a half weeks while I take my first holiday in three years. I'll be back on the show on the 30th of January after the festive holidays and Chinese New Year. Money Talk will continue in my absence with James Ross, Andrew Work and Richard Harris all filling in and they'll bring you daily business and finance updates each weekday morning starting with Andrew Work tomorrow. And in the meantime, may I take this opportunity to wish you a happy Christmas, New Year and Lunar New Year. See you next at the end of January. Coming up after the news is Back Chat with Jim Gould and Ada Wong. The weather forecast, mainly cloudy, cool in the morning. Uh, maximum temperature is going to be around 19 degrees. It is going to be remain cool, but with sunny periods tomorrow and then become fine in the following few days. It's 16 degrees right now, 73% relative humidity. <laughs> Time's coming up to 8.31. Here's Barry O'Rourke with the half-hour news. An engineer says the government should get involved in the latest investigation over a train service disruption rather than leaving it to the MTR Corporation to investigate internally. During yesterday's morning's rush hour, hundreds of passengers had to abandon a train and walk along the tracks. That was the second time in less than a month, following a partial derailment in November after a train hit trackside equipment that had come loose. Luis Zito said the latest incident was less serious as it appeared that a cable supplying power between the carriages had broken. This incident is compared to the previous one. This one is a bit less because it only disconnected the wire connection. If the whole coupler is disconnected, then it'll be dangerous because the two trains will be cut off. This time is the connection. There is a cable supplying the electricity to the car. is torn. They should have a checking after the closeout day of each day before the, the train start up. So I think they might miss some procedure during the checking of this train. The University of Hong Kong has been working on a new hepatitis B drug with the aim of freeing patients from lifelong medication. Currently, patients have to take pills continuously to prevent the viral infection from causing cirrhosis or even liver cancer. Professor Yun Man Fung leads the university's hepatology department. This drug works quite differently from what we have right now because the current treatment actually just suppressed the virus to lower down the hepatitis B virus DNA. This drug actually lowered down what we call the virus antigen. In particular, for hepatitis B, we call this antigen surface antigen. This antigen actually suppressed the immune cells. And that's why if we can have this drug to lower down the surface antigen, it removes the agents that suppressed the immune system. The Russian Defense Ministry has blamed Ukraine for explosions at two air bases, both hundreds of kilometers inside Russia. It said Ukrainian drones caused the blasts which killed three people. The ministry spokesman is Igor Konyashenkov. As a result of the fall and explosion of the wreckage of jet drones at Russian airfields, the hulls of two aircraft were slightly damaged. Three Russian technical servicemen who were at the airfield were fatally wounded. Another four who were wounded were taken to medical institutions where they were provided with all the necessary medical assistance. Hours later, Russia carried out 17 missile strikes against Ukraine, once again hitting electricity infrastructure. The Ukrainian state energy firm says there will now be emergency power outages across the country. The U.S. Space Agency's next-generation crew capsule is heading back to Earth after making a close pass of the Moon. The Orion spaceship used the gravity of the Moon to propel it back towards Earth. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Amos. 
Launched from Florida last month, NASA's Orion vehicle has had, so far, a highly successful outing. Engineers have lauded its performance, but they know a key objective lies ahead, landing it safely back on Earth. One last big burn on Orion's main engine, close to the moon, has put the craft on a path to come home at the weekend. It'll enter the atmosphere at 32 times the speed of sound. Its heat shield will reach 3,000 degrees Celsius. If Orion survives that, engineers will know it's ready to carry astronauts. And the Swiss-based mining company Glencore says it will pay $180 million to the Democratic Republic of the Congo to cover corruption claims. It's the latest in a series of similar cases, and Glencore has agreed to pay more than $1.6 billion in fines this year, and in May the firm admitted bribing officials in several African countries. Finally, the pioneering US tennis coach Nick Bolletieri has died, he was 91, and worked with some of the most successful players in the modern game, including Andre Agassi, Maria Sharapova and Boris Becker. You'll be more news on the hour from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jim Gould and your guest presenter today is Ada Wong. Good morning, Ada. Good morning, Jim. This morning we're talking about the food and beverage industry after the government offered specific arrangements for inbound tour groups. Visitors on tours are now allowed to eat at designated venues and enter premises offering uh, mask-on activities even during the three days of medical surveillance under the zero plus three arrangement. The Travel Industry Council has said that about uh, 30 travel agencies had applied to bring in uh, group tours as of uh, the end of November, with the first group uh, coming from Taiwan. So how is the restaurant industry doing these days, and what about the prospects for tourism? After 9.15 this morning, we'll hear more about the malfunction on the MTR's Chiang line yesterday morning. And at 9.25, we'll be joined by RTHK's sports reporter, Atom Chung with the latest on the Football World Cup. Let us know what you think. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233 Joining us now in the studio, we have uh, uh, S.K. Hugh, who's uh, Vice Chairman of the Association for Hong Kong Catering Services Management Limited, and Amy Overy, uh, owner and operator of Hong Kong Greeters Tours. Um, good morning to you both. Uh, perhaps um, S.K. Uh, first. Uh, Hi. So these changes to the uh, rules governing um, uh, tour groups, uh, how useful are they to the catering industry? Uh, for most of our members, uh, the restaurant is pretty big. Uh, it's very difficult for them to uh, enter into this this uh, program. Uh, initially, there's about eight restaurants that's interested in this scheme, but currently we just have asked them. There's only one left with one or two restaurants which is interested, because for them to take the risk to enter into this program. Uh, especially with the uh, Christmas and the Chinese New Year coming. And it's too high of a risk for them if, in case, some uh, tourist is, like, uh, hit by the, the, the COVID and then the restaurant has to be closed. And most of the, uh, the, the response is this. So it's either the, the scheme have to be refined or uh, the government have to take this 
maybe to a more smaller restaurant group people, then they might to take they're willing to take the risk for this this program. Right. Uh, what is the biggest operational hurdle, you know, of these new rules? Uh, what, what do you think? Well, it's a separate area, and um, I think it, everything seems okay. Is it because there are no separate toilets, or I think there's no separate toilet. One that's the one thing. The other thing is like because the restaurant is like over hundred customers, or the the, the 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 space is quite big. The restaurant, if you isolate one room, it's okay, but then for some it's okay, but not for most it's not okay because in Hong Kong they uh, they have a collective toilet system rather than on a, on 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 an individual basis. But uh, for them to operate in such a terms is a bit harsh. Uh, so I think it's, we have to find a new, a, a, a much more refined uh, a system to cater to the most of the Hong Kong restaurant type of spaces mm-hmm. to for the for the tourists to come in and and, and enjoy our, our, our cuisine. So is it only large-scale restaurants that could benefit from this? Because, of course, they have to keep the people on tour groups away from the from the local, the regular customers, yes, don't they? Yes, absolutely. But I think we should do a bit more uh, encouragement to a medium-sized or smaller restaurant or further away from the city and to, to encourage them to engage more on this is better on the current basis. But on the if they can refine the system or refine the... the, the Kind of uh, 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 harsh, how can test system of the COVID test, and then I think more restaurants yeah. will enter this, but, this but, game. But Mr. Hill, if you say that the bigger restaurants find it difficult to yeah. abide by these new rules, then I think the smaller size restaurants would, would find it even more difficult, right? But, but simply because uh, unless they they yeah. they shut down their restaurant and only mm. caters to the tourists, yeah, um, because the locals would come in and they will see gr- tour groups mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they might see the amber sign, the amber colored, uh, yeah. you know, uh, leave home safe, and so they might walk back out again. Yes, because the smaller restaurant are already running on a very tight budget and very uh, difficult time for these past three years. I think they're much more willing to talk to individual tour group and then they can work a better, more refined uh, 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 catering system for them. Uh, for, for bigger restaurants, because they have taken on a bigger chunk of the restaurant. And if they take on only the, the tour group, only maybe 5 or 5% to the, the restaurant, but then they have to for, forfeit 95% of the, the, the restaurant business. I think that's the kind of kind of why we are, we we will think the smaller restaurant will be easier to take on this system. Okay, um, Amy Overy, you're the owner of Hong Kong Greeters Tours. Just give us a little bit of background first about your operation. Um, so we run smaller group tours and uh, individual tours, private tours. So the more recent tourists that we've had, it's only been one or two individuals that have come in. Um, I don't have as much of a headache as trying to cater for 20, 25, 30 people. Mm. Um, So I reached out to a couple of restaurant owners that I knew or contacts in restaurants that I knew. But I think the the trouble, even with just very small numbers, is the risk reward is just not there for the restaurants. Um, The the SK and I were talking earlier and he was saying, you know, if just one person brought brought in the the, um, infection, that would mean the restaurant closing down for a period of time and yeah really for five percent of the business for the restaurant it's not 
not worth it for them. Hmm. I, I read that um, you might be contacting um, the uh, outlying li- islands, yes. uh, you know, like Lama Island or other islands. And now, well, those restaurants are sort of out in the open. Uh, so are they less risky? I think um, that's that was my original thought was how how can I make this work? So um, I have a good relationship with Lama Rainbow. Um, we do a lot of uh, local activities with them, local people and um, schools. But um, I did think, oh, if there was anywhere, because it's a lot of the seating is external as well, that they might be able to cater for it. And um, and they they were they were interested. So it was good news. Yeah, as well as Lama, what are the other sort of uh, venues that uh, that you would be looking at to take tour groups to? Um, well, we've had very small incremental changes, which we're very grateful for. So um, in terms of taking people around Hong Kong, we can now enter museums, we can enter temples on an amber code. So we can still do those activities. But when it comes to um, providing a meal or providing food for them, uh, we are doing a lot of street food. So people are getting it and taking it elsewhere or even delivering to an area of public space that we can we can go and cater to. I have even considered taking people to my home <laughs> to, yeah. to feed them. <laughs> but the, like I say, it's not 25 yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. So does it mean that you take them to a park and they, they just eat their takeaway, their lunch boxes there? Yes, all the tour is promoted as a food tour. So, for example, Kowloon City is very easy to navigate mm. to get around and there's lots of different places you can eat food uh, food off the street Uh, have you seen an uptick in visitors incoming um i have had um i have had a lot of inquiries i've even got to the point of bookings um and then when people come across the um to-do list for getting into hong kong and on arrival and post arrival um actually they've decided to not come via hong kong in the end so um i did have two tours in november with bona fide people from <laughs> overseas and i ha- i still have five bookings in december still well that that's okay. a good start actually uh, are they from like um overseas europe and us and or yes. closer yeah um i had a gentleman from lebanon last week and um a couple from the us this week and uh we have mainly australians and uh us tourists next month right uh, and how about um sk have you seen any increased demand for catering services uh currently it's like uh, there's a steady up take on the, uh, the the restaurant business because it's at the end of the year and the Chinese New Year is coming and then the relaxation of some part of the COVID uh, measures. So uh, the restaurant business is getting a little bit better uh, gradually. But I think we still need uh, a, a greater demand for foreign uh, visitors to come to Hong Kong to make the, 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 the restaurant business even better or closer to where, where the pre-COVID before business. And, yeah. and of course, it, it's easy to travel now, or, or much easier than it was. I mean, are you concerned about uh, about people from Hong Kong going out and uh, you know spending their money in Japan or wherever? <laughs> and uh, and me- meanwhile, the the inbound uh, tourism is uh, sort of nowhere near back to where it was. That's always the case. Mm. Because we're always concerned about the the people which are willing to spend money. Uh, uh, the, that 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 spectrum of the customers, but currently uh, there has been some 
some type of restaurant, maybe Japanese restaurant, uh, had been like declined a bit on the on that 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 space that that spectrum. But on the main restaurant business or the Chinese restaurant business, it's, it's at, at a steady uptake, and especially with the the, the wedding, uh, the the the, the kind of parties, uh, they start booking of uh, in 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 a bigger size. Uh, I think they're taking up the time which they have stopped everything past two years, but now they are start coming back. So this is a kind of a good news for for for, for the bigger restaurant. Right. Um, I actually saw queues outside the bigger restaurants in Causeway Bay, and yeah. I, I guess that was a welcome sign. Welcome for, sign, absolutely for, for, for me as well. Yeah. But the, coming back to to these um, you know different measures for the catering industry, mm-hmm. which are the ones that you would like more relaxation on? It's it's hard for us to say which one to to to, to relax on because it's a whole system. Uh, what we, 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 we find is uh, how can we uh, 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 kind of control this? It's out of our control in a way because we are, we are the restaurant business is always the one at the front end which has been helping the government to, 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 to protect the, the kind of the people which want to, want to come and come out to eat or, 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 or spend. But then at this stage, I think it's a, we have a, in a critical time, uh, is it going to be full on to open up or not? I think that's the main thing. Uh, to for us to now to still on figuring figuring out how to protect is hard. It's very very hard because uh, now we is on a, on a kind of a curve going upward, and if we going backward again, I think it's very hard for us to take that up because in two months time is after Chinese New Year, and then the market is coming back down a bit, and then it's a quiet time for the restaurant business. So I think we have to find out a way to see how that can be opened up bigger. Rather than going back, how 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 we can uh, right. re measure this this system? So the the uh, the restaurants not worried in the next two months, I guess. With December definitely, and then uh, January we have an early Chinese New early Year, Chinese New Year. Uh, next year, and then um, yeah, and then, then February slow, March business it, will be slow again. I think we will. What, what about all these um, you know new measures? Like if you if the, the restaurant takes in you know tour groups. Uh, their staff would have to go to PCR tests every three days. Or, yes, um, you that, know th- those is, kind of things. Uh, uh, it's it's, it's uh, hideous. It's mm. hideous. Uh, I think uh, I think some of these measures they have to look into how we operate, and we already doing as much as we could in the restaurant side, uh, in the F and B business actually in the whole spectrum. Uh, we are always at the front end. We've been taking up and helping the government on every measure, and. Or shrinking the size, or, or, or partitioning, uh, um, all these tests for the for the the, the workers, the, the the kitchen staff, the masking, everything. We have been doing every every part, helping the government. But at this stage, uh, we will invite more schemes. I think the government could think of more more schemes to help. But I think it's hard for us to advise them on on how we could restrict or limiting the the the, the risk measure for the restaurant business. Mm-hmm. Amy Overy, what, what would you like to see done? What would help uh, tour operators like yourself? Um, you know, talking about these risk measures, um, obviously the restaurant industry have, have done all they can. I think the only thing that's going to work is to roll, start rolling them back even more than they are already. So maybe reducing the Amber Code to one, uh, two days and one day, um, just so that, um, yeah, it just makes Hong Kong more of an attractive place for people to want to stop again. Um, the convenience of Hong Kong always was that you could come here for less than 24 hours, mm. have something really delicious to eat, um, 
go see something interesting, go see a wonderful view, um, and then you'd be able to get back on your plane again. But, um, you know, we're losing out. We're, we're becoming, or we are already, uncompetitive to our neighbours because they're, they're fully open. Yeah. For, for the uh, tourists that uh, you have welcomed last month, uh, what, what, what was the main reason or attraction you know, of, of Hong Kong, of coming to Hong Kong again or for the first time? Um, both of them were for work. So they had okay. to be here for a, a, a longer period of time, okay. uh, mm. I think just over a week for both of them. And they wanted to include getting out and getting to know the city while they were here as well. So there, there was no problem with the Amber Code because after two days they get, they get a blue one. Yes, that's right. So they had to, they, but they had to stay here for, or they had to be here for a longer period right. in order. For, and, and they also had to do the PCR test every other day. Yes, uh, just just the one now, I think, isn't it? On day two, um, I, I had to take one of the gentlemen to go and do it. <laughs> <laughs> and and how, what what was their you know what, what was their feeling about Hong Kong? Um, I think well, both of them had been here before, so they remembered. Uh, what it was like before and you know it is understandable part of my job is sort of trying to explain if you come from somewhere that's like um yeah has perhaps the same population but much more like 100 times the space that hong kong has mm. then you know we've got to be um they've got to be uh, receptive to to the, the conditions and the risks that that pose with everybody so close together so and, and people are accepting i think they do know um they do know that when they come here, but uh, but equally, if you're coming here, so that what we're missing is those vacationers. You know, they're, they're deciding not to come here because they want it to be easy. <laughs> they don't want to have to think when they're on a, on a holiday mode, um, and all of these things prior to leaving at the airport after leaving um, is just too much. It puts them off. Yeah. A message here, sorry, sorry, uh, Ada, a message on our Facebook from Richard says, uh, the COVID theatre just rolls on and on. It's a never-ending engagement. The government may have offered specific arrangements, but nobody is coming. Um, there, I mean, th there are uh, lots of uh, different parts to the to, to the rules, these yeah. latest rules, aren't there? I mean, I see one of them, for instance, is uh, like uh, live performances are not allowed in the same area where people on tour groups are, uh, are having lunch where they're, where they're eating. I mean, I mean, things like that, how, how, how much of a difference do they make? I mean, is, is, is watching a live performance a big part of a, of a tour, do you think? Um, how or does that compare with something like uh, The Sevens? I, um, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Oh, is that live performance? I'm not sure. But I mean, those are the things that people might be coming here yes. for, and mm -hmm. therefore... Would probably I think there it. were lots of exemptions during yeah. the sevens. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The the seven they have given a lot of privileges to to allow them to eat and perform, at the same area. I think I think that's that's, that's the reason why it happened. Yeah, um, I, I'm actually, you know, trying to persuade, um, uh, you know, someone to come to a conference that I'm organising in February, and her first concern is that uh, if she's tested positive, would she be uh, sent to Penny's Bay? So, uh, <laughs> so I guess now, uh, would they still have the risk of being sent to Penny's Bay? Oh, when, whenever. People contact me, I, I send them a, a list. These are the FAQs, right? Yeah, these are the FAQs. And I very clearly put that in there, that that is one of the risks. But in uh, experience, that hasn't happened to any, um, even people who've tested positive, they haven't been sent to Penny's Bay. They've been able to stay in their hotel room um, for the for the longer time. But um, now I'm hearing that 
um, hotels will charge extra for cleaning if that's the case. So that's like a addition to that might be another reason to put people off if that happens. Right. Um, and and SK for the um, uh, for for the restaurants. I think um, uh, we, we've had bad times, uh, but the government is saying that, okay, the, the worst times are over. Uh, what, what, what's your feeling about 2023? And um, one thing I've noticed is that people are dining out earlier, and uh, even in Causeway Bay, most of the restaurants are ready to close at 10 or even before 10. Nine, actually. Sometimes it's all gone quiet. So have our habits changed or what has absolutely, changed? Absolutely. The, 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 the way we spend money. And uh, the limit on the nighttime spending is lowered, and then uh, the timing of dining they have they go home early, and then the takeaway had gone up. I think this is the new habit in Hong Kong right now. Until I think where all the borders open up, then I think this will not change. I think this is the we will maintain this kind of system for or, or the habit that people will spend. Before nine, right. all the dining. But what's the impact to restaurants? So for definitely, they are they are more takeaway, uh, you know, spending. For, for and the, and if you work with the delivery companies, would the you know would the overall <laughs> income oh, be the same? Or? No, no. Was, uh, for the first question is I think for the uh, TST and Causeway Bay area is hardest hit, because the rent is high, uh, and then most of the money making is from the nighttime venue. And now the nighttime menu is almost like cut in half, and then the people spend lowered, not not like previously maybe three hundred to six or seven hundred per head, but now maybe under three hundred per head. And I think that's that's kind of a big hit in the in the the kind of red area, the 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 hot area before. But on the on the on the estate side or the or much more the 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 uh, the, the, the the new territory side, uh, they are quite. Okay, in a way, because most of people spend back into the local area, mm-hmm. and then I think that to maintain a good business for them sometimes. Mm-hmm. But for the second question, is uh, the, the 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 style of eating? They, I think they are all the takeaway is hard because the, all these big companies take on a big chunk of the 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 the, the takeaway cost, so it's hard to do a good. Uh, kind of uh, with that relationship with the big company, but on the local basis, it's good on the takeaway. So you're yeah. still, uh, I mean, a more rosy picture for 2023. Uh, I, I think it's uh, on the edge. Kind of, we have to see how everything turns out right. globally, or or, or PRC, the, the the mainland China government, how 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 we treat the border, mm. and that will be our, our lifeline in a way. Um, Amy. Sorry, can you repeat the question? Yeah, the uh, 2023, uh, which of your clients would come back? I'm hoping it's the people who, who I would see regularly, the people who are going to spend and 24 hours, 48 hours in Hong Kong and um, want to see the best of it in as small a time as possible. Hmm. Do, do they have a smaller budget? Um, Not usually, no. They're, they're usually staying in a nice hotel. Um, they're getting a private guide, which is probably one of the most expensive ways to see the city. Um, so you haven't been charging less. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> haven't, That's good. <laughs> haven't, haven't really even reviewed anything. There's not been a, a point to do that. So. <laughs> but um, no, if, if, if anything, I think maybe there's going to be more demand for private because people don't want to be in a group with 
others that they don't know or uh, you know on a on a big bus or something like that mm -hmm. and, and another uh, message here from a listener i've got to say most of our listeners uh, uh, are really looking forward to the time when there are no more covid restrictions but this from leslie ann says if if we didn't have this ridiculous zero plus three system then the restaurants wouldn't have this problem um uh, are there are there like specific restaurants in Hong Kong? I mean, I'm thinking of uh, you know having gone on overseas tours where mm -hmm. you you go out somewhere and you go and you go for lunch and the restaurant is clearly designed just to cater for tour groups. I mean, I mean, are there places like that in Hong Kong and have they had to adapt? Um, you know, during the period of uh, very limited tourism. Jumbo is the one that jumps yeah, to mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the, the main one, actually. <laughs> and it's gone now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think most of these uh, restaurants have been gone. Mm -hmm. I think on the on the on the on the uh, maybe in Hongham side or mm -hmm. or kind of, kind of the big tour group side, mm -hmm. and most of those restaurants have been shut down. Right. And right. and and for the past two years, they they cannot totally cannot survive based on this uh, tour group. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think Hong Kong is such a fast market. And everything, if you don't work in a few months, you, you, you're obsolete. Mm. And then, so the restaurant have been surviving very hard for these past three years. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're finding the, the very sort of traditional family-run businesses um, <laughs> over these last three years have just all declined down, they have yeah. no one to take over and no business no, so no, it's tough it's tough. well let's hope let's hope uh, 2023 is a better year but, uh, but okay we're coming up to the uh, news now we've got to take a, a break uh, we'll be back at three minutes past thank you very much to our two studio guests this morning uh, that was uh, amy overy you heard from owner and operator of hong kong greeters tours and thank you very much to sk hugh uh, vice chairman of the association for hong kong catering services management limited thank you well, thank you uh, a quick look at the weather. It's going to be mainly cloudy today, uh, rather cool. Uh, the outlook at remaining cool in the morning with uh, sunny periods tomorrow becoming fine in the following few days. Uh, temperature difference between day and night will be large, quite large. Currently it's 16 degrees. Humid humidity is at 71%. Meet in a, a designated uh, restaurants and so on. And uh, for the next... Uh, about the next 15 minutes, um, we're going to be uh, focusing our attention on a slightly different uh, part of it because we have with us uh, Anthea Jung, who's director of the Lang Kwai Fong Association. So uh, good morning to you. Good morning, Jean. Good morning, Ada. And thanks very much for joining us uh, on the programme. So um, can you just, uh, just give us a, a little bit of a, an overview about uh, uh, how's it going in Lang Kwai Fong? How's it doing? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, because, you know, uh, just like uh, the government has released the um, restriction on our dining hours in uh, mid-November, uh, which quite a good time because uh, uh, the World Cup uh, just like kicked off uh, on the 20th last month. And then, uh, you know, uh, just like the amount of uh, over 100 members of uh, under LKF Association, and we have 50% of uh, members, they are uh, bars and pubs. And so uh, we, we can uh, just like grab this good opportunity and then to broadcast the uh, very exciting World Cup uh, matches live. And then especially just like uh, uh, this year, uh, the, uh, the matches, uh, they, they start in the morning, just like uh, 12 a.m. or 3 a.m. Mm -hmm. And also in this stage, and uh, we saw just like our business uh, has increased for about uh, 20 to 25 percent. Apart from that, we also uh, brought just like a very good uh, food forward to the area. 
and uh, just like uh, in field, uh, just like uh, for the coming two weeks, and uh, it just uh, entered the uh, lockdown stages. And then uh, the the people they they would like to support their home teams or their favorite teams. I think uh, it's the uh, very best chance, best chance for them to uh, to watch the matches in the pub, and then to chill together and support their teams here. Yeah, uh, Lang Kwai Fong does tend to attract a, a pretty international crowd, doesn't it? So, so, that, so has, has that been your experience then? Sort of people from uh, uh, different parts of the world who are staying in Hong Kong, uh, going down there to uh, to support their teams. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's just a. Uh, we all understand that the uh, the uh, the people coming from overseas, they, they just mainly the uh, uh, the uh, the students. They study overseas and mm-hmm. then they uh, they come back home, or uh, they are the experts uh, working here, and and so uh, because we we still have very strict, uh, just like the uh, the uh, the restrictions for the uh, incoming visitors to Hong Kong. So it really, uh, I uh, just like for the bar industry, we really hope uh, uh, the government can uh, relax the relaxation, uh, can uh, uh, relax the restrictions very soon. And uh, also for, uh, as you can uh, tell, just like uh, the people coming here, just like the, uh, the foreigners or the experts, they are living here or working here or maybe they, they are studying here, most of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Anthea, the, uh, well, uh, I'm really happy to hear that the, uh, the bar area is uh, vibrant again. But um, uh, what about uh, all these um, uh, different restrictions for tourists and they will have the amber code for the first two days and... And then there are other restrictions, and then they can't go into bars and restaurants. Uh, have your operators, have your members, uh, and you know, encountered any difficulties in in allowing these people in? And um, you know, what are their thoughts? Yeah, just like uh, 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 we we all understand that uh, the, uh, the the cook system, just like the wet cook, the amber cook, uh, they are still in force, and uh, those uh, they they just. Uh, 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 coming over to Hong Kong, they they are still on the uh, Amber Cook, and they can't enter any uh, just like bars and and pubs, and so uh, just like for three days, and it it did a very good uh, just like uh, uh, for to to protect the uh, general public uh, in general, but uh, for our pub industry, I, I can I can say uh, uh, can the uh, just like the government can consider to uh, to open it up and then to uh, uh, to do some uh, just like relaxation uh, uh, policy, and then to allow those people can still uh, enter the uh, the premises or uh, bars, pubs, uh, and also restaurants. Yeah. But do you still have this uh, sort of penalty that if a customer is tested positive, then the bar will have to stop operations for a period of time? Is that still in force? Yes. Uh, uh, the government, they, they, they still have a very strict enforcement operation and then they have the strict rules. And so they, uh, uh, they, uh, because they, they really have to, uh, safeguard the, uh, entire community to, to make sure that the general public, they are, they are safe and then to provide a safe environment for everyone in Hong Kong. And so they, they always have the, um, just like, uh, I, I, I can say that they, um, visit, <laughs> uh, to our premises. And to make sure that we we are all in compliance with all the restrictions, yeah. Mm. 
So that uh, increase in business, I think 20 to 25 percent, I think you said, uh, is, is that entirely down to the World Cup being on at the moment? I think, uh, just like as I mentioned earlier, the uh, uh, the World Cup uh, is now in the knockout uh, stage, and then it's uh, getting more excited, and the people will like to uh, just like uh, uh, to gather uh, as a big crowd, and then to come over to bars and pub, and then to support their favorite team. And I think uh, we we will uh, expect a a a, uh, uh, a more good uh, business increase. Uh, for our industry yeah, for the uh, coming two, two weeks, yeah. And how does this one compare with uh, the last World Cup four years ago in Russia? Well, uh, I can say that uh, we can resume the uh, the level of uh, just like the, uh, the uh, business level uh, before the, uh, uh, the uh, epidemic uh, because uh, you can see now the uh, all the bars and clubs, they, they, they can cannot still operate under 100% uh, uh, of their seat capacity because we still have the uh, capacity limit in the venue and then it's just come to uh, 75%. But for the restaurants, they are now open up to uh, 100%. So uh, even we have, uh, we, we filled all our seats in the, in the venue, in the bars and pubs, uh, we are still nagging uh, uh, behind uh, compared with four years ago. Hmm. Um, uh, that, there's no curfew these days, right, Anthea? So the bars can open all night. Is that oh, how yeah. it is? Yeah. So uh, I think. So there are um, these matches yeah. around 3 a.m. almost every day. Last few weeks, and uh, so the bars are still open. I mean, honestly, I don't really. <laughs> I'm not outside yeah. at that tower. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, uh, because just like. Um, uh, Tonight and also uh, the coming two weeks, and uh, there were a lot of uh, just like exciting uh, games there, and uh, uh, we have the shows on, and then um, the bus will operate uh, just like uh, too late and uh, also until the six a.m. Yeah, depending on the uh, just like the number of fans or the customers uh, in their bars and pubs, and they will adjust the uh, their opening hours. Yeah, for those uh, the. Uh, the fans, they uh, they already reserved uh, the seats, and uh, they will open uh, to 6 a.m. But uh, for those uh, just by uh, they they don't have uh, much booking, and they will uh, close earlier. So, from what you're saying, it sounds like you're not seeing uh, so many tourists in Langkwai Fong, uh, but but uh, uh, locals and uh, expatriates living, working here, or students. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, what, what are the prospects uh, in the coming months? Uh, so for sure, December uh, will be very packed with festivities and there'll be more business, I guess. But what about uh, in 2023? What do you expect? Yeah, uh, I think in just uh, three weeks' time, uh, it's time for Christmas and New Year's uh, celebration. And then uh, just like uh, we were expect uh, just like... Uh, a big win uh, for our industry. Why we think that? Because, uh, uh, and I saw the um, most of our restaurants, uh, they already uh, promote their effective uh, menus. 
uh, to their uh, customers. And and I saw just like uh, there's a good number, about uh, 70% uh, of the booking they received so far uh, during the effective days. And uh, I, w- I would expect because uh, just like the government will also uh, issue the third uh, consumption voucher for those uh, who who who, are, um, who have uh, adopted the collection method by autopass card uh, in mid uh, December, that's on the 16th. Mm. Although the amount is not that much, it's about a thousand dollars. Final thousand, uh, will, yeah. Yeah, mm. one thousand. Mm. Uh, but I. Uh, but I remember over 70% of uh, Hong Kong people, uh, they ordered for uh, just like uh, to, to collect the consumption vouchers by autobus card. So it will, uh, I think it will create a very good uh, consumption sentiment here uh, uh, in Hong Kong. And I think um, it's uh, another way and uh, uh, the, uh, to boost the local spending and the people are more willing to spend, yeah. And, and next year, um, you, you, you expect business to come back and uh, hopefully tourists will come back too? Oh, and well, what are I, your concerns? Yeah, my concern is uh, just like uh, uh, we, we all understand that uh, Hong Kong can uh, be isolated and uh, we need uh, just like uh, to open up as a financial hub uh, or, and, and also just like for Lan Kwai Fong is a drink hub, right? And then... Uh, I, I really hope uh, the government uh, will allow the uh, just like uh, uh, the incoming visitors, no matter they are coming over for uh, businesses or uh, they're coming over for leisure uh, or travel uh, or for uh, study, and allow the visitors to uh, visit just like our catering premises and also uh, the scheduled premises without the uh, just like the amber coke or the red coke something like that and um, yeah I, I think uh, uh, all the bar industry members they, they really hope the uh, the government will uh, will have civilization very soon and then to get everything back to normal yeah I remember that bars really suffered in in the num- in the various lockdowns that we had in the last two and a half years uh, in particular during the uh, the first phase of Omicron earlier this year, I remember it was closed for more than three months. And in those days, I remember Alan Zeman saying that the number of bars have closed down. So um, uh, have they uh, have they reopened? You know, these mm. bars and restaurants that um, that are on your list. Yeah, uh, because uh, uh, we did uh, just like uh, the observation that uh, just like. Uh, Part of the uh, uh, the the uh, the outlets they close they they close permanently, but uh, it's about ten percent uh, uh, in our uh, community and Kwefong community. But for the other area, I think uh, it really hurts because, uh, as I found, just like in Chim Sa Chui, in uh, Wan Chai, in uh, Causeway Bay, uh, or the other areas, more than fifty uh, percent, uh, you can find the vacant shops everywhere. Okay. Okay, well, uh, thank you very much for joining us uh, on the programme uh, this morning. That was uh, Anthea Cheung, a director of the Lan Kwai Fong Association. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. And we're now going to be uh, turning our attention to, I guess, what you could say is the, the, the big story of the day and the big story of the day yesterday, and that was the the incident, the, the malfunction on the MTR on the uh, Chen Kwan O line. 
Um, and uh, it's, you, you may have heard that the MTRC has said it's going to carry out a, a comprehensive review of its uh, asset management and maintenance uh, regime. It's been uh, asked to come up uh, with an interim report uh, in a very short order as to uh, what happened. Uh, it was the second incident uh, in about a uh, space of about three weeks, which involved uh, passengers having to leave the train and evacuate and uh, walk down the track to the next station. Um, as I say, uh, th uh, this happened uh, on the uh, Cheongkwano line. We're joined on the line now by a Saikong District Councillor, Christine Fong. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jim and Ada. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Uh, so, um, a lot of disruption on the MTR in your area yesterday. I mean, uh, how was the matter handled locally? Oh, well, that was a, a disaster to, to, to our residents in, uh, in local. Because, uh, as you may know, um, four of the stations, uh, including Hang Hau, Po Lam, uh, Chang Kwan um, and as well as Lohe Station, they are all uh, locked down on mm. and doesn't work. So uh, the Chang Kwan line uh, basically uh, suspended for four hours uh, yesterday morning since um, uh, 8.30. Mm. So uh, I would say this is a, a second major incident it, it just within a, one month uh, after the uh, Yamate incident. Mm. So uh, I I, I think um, residents uh, and passengers are all, we are all queuing up in different uh, PTI, uh, public transport interchange, waiting for bus uh, and shuttle uh, from uh, organized uh, by, provided by MTL. But it doesn't really work. It almost waits for more than uh, 40 minutes to an hour, then, uh, then those uh, bus are gradually queuing up and uh, people are uh, too many I mean queuing up I mean talking about uh, well like for, for example like in in Lohus Park we have uh, more than 10,000 people at the same time are queuing up in the PDI bus transport interchange waiting for but so so you can imagine even in Kang Lang I believe there will be more than Hundred thousand uh, in uh, doing the uh, uh, traffic uh, peak, so I think this is uh, not uh, this, this, uh, MTL is quite undesirable. Uh, I would describe. I mean, the, their contingency plan taken by MTL is quite undesirable, and uh, there's so much room for their improvement. Mm. Right, um, Christine, Chongqingno um, is a is a very unique area. And um, I guess residents mainly use uh, the MTR um, as a means of transport. Am I am I correct? So every morning uh, they right. they take the MTR out to the city to work. Yes. What yes, what other right. modes of transport are there? Surely there are buses, but not very frequent. Or that that is the situation, Ada. In fact, uh, we uh, most of the residents in Changwano they are completely relied on MTL, mainly probably talking about 90% or even 95 And uh, daily we have, uh, every day we have almost uh, 500,000 passengers uh, relying on uh, MTL to, to their work. So uh, there's uh, only 30 uh, route, bus routes 
uh, in our area. In fact, uh, lucky as last time, as I mentioned, uh, by the time of uh, 12, the coming Sunday, we are we have another new bridge and new uh, tunnel for the uh, Cross Bay Bridge and Changkwano uh, mm-hmm. uh, Namtin Tunnel may have a better uh, um, uh, uh, arrangement for diversify those uh, those transport. But still, uh, we are completely relying on MTR uh, service for for them to go to work, particularly to Hong Kong Island. Most of our residents are going that way to to work and for their uh, family or or visit or or taking care of their other families as well. So I I think for the for this time, it is the right time to review the whole transport network for Changwano because Changwano uh, always uh, set as a uh, branch line for for MTR. So. Um, there, we are only one way to uh, through the Zhu Kangland Station to Yao Tong to Hong Kong mm-hmm. Island. So I think uh, that's why I I think um, as uh, as government uh, also proposed another fifty thousand, talking about hundred and thirty five thousand residents moving to area one three seven. Uh, means uh, nearby the Inno Park area mm-hmm. uh, for by the time of 2030. So I think it is right time to review the whole transport and consider to add a uh, to construct a uh, in, uh, tunnel, uh, train tunnel from Area 137 and lower, between Lowest Park and Area 137 to the Hong Kong Island, uh, for example, uh, to the Chai Wan and still say one area mm. so that that will uh, improve you know uh, have um, alternative way uh, uh, particularly the train route for okay. our Changwano residents mm. for the coming future so the whole line would do a big loop round to mm. back back round to Hong Kong side and then, yes, yes, yeah 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 but Christine because, that that'll yeah. take years to build and and also it's is not because we don't have this infrastructure, we don't have this tunnel, but we have, but it's because of these MTR trains. Now, of course, the MTR spokesman said they will also do a comprehensive review. Uh, as a district councillor, what would you like to see in that, um, you know, report that they are doing? Uh, certainly, I, I welcome them. They they finally consider to have uh, the uh, comprehensive review. Uh, but first of all, I. Uh, I think uh, besides the uh, in the, uh, the the MDL themselves to have the review, I think the individual uh, expert review have to be done by some other uh, expertise. For example, like uh, year 1993, which they have also similar accident for for the uh, development. So uh, I think that is uh, that would. Uh, we will expect they, they, they should not have only internal review, but also some expertise. Mm. That's first thing. Second is, uh, I, I uh, really think I have big concern about their evacuation process, how they evacuate to uh, the track. And in fact, uh, yesterday you can see um, some uh, some area uh, be- between the the uh, car of uh, the um, the train uh, six and seven. The back after that that kind of, that part of area are all dark, and my residents are some are pregnant, some are elderly. They walk down to the track. In fact, 
uh, at the very beginning, the emergency lighting are not enough. They, they, they are all dark, and in fact, their knowledge about evacuation are, are loses from MTL. In fact, uh, I also uh, check in other countries. They, they are they are not supposed to walk down to the track. In fact, they should walk into the uh, sidewalk of the of the um, tunnel. There's a walkway width. Uh, so that's why some of the knowledge and education they they should uh, provide to their frontline uh, uh, service provider. I mean. Uh, so and also uh, we we realize uh, my my residents they realize that they have they don't have enough um, uh, front sunlight staff to serve when during evacuation. So uh, I can only see one or two men who uh, guide the elderly to uh, or or passenger to leave the track uh, area. So this is not uh, uh, not re- not desirable. Undesi- is undesirable. So uh, and also um, during the uh, evacuation, I mean, the, they they should have those uh, uh, electric uh, automatically sensor to detect the system. Uh, the lighting should the emergency lighting should you know uh, start, and also mm-hmm. they should have standby um, standby uh, support electricity. All these, all the, I'm sure we'll be hearing a, a lot more about uh, all of these points as the uh, as the reports into the uh, incident take shape. But uh, uh, thank you very much for speaking to us, uh, Christine Fong, there, uh, Saikong District Councillor. And so, for the last uh, few minutes of the programme this morning, uh, we're going to switch our attention again this time to the Football World Cup because uh, with us uh, in the studio is our sports reporter, Atom Chung. Hello, Atom. Hello. So, uh, <laughs> another late night, uh, Atom, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure, but uh, well worth it uh, given that uh, Brazil game against um, South Korea, uh, South Korea uh, the four goals that they scored in the first half were spectacular. Uh, Vinicius Jr. Uh, scoring the first one. Followed by Neymar, Richarlison, and Lucas Paqueta. So it finished 4-1 in favor of Brazil. Uh, just a few uh, interesting facts about Neymar. Uh, he's now got 76 international goals for Brazil. That's uh, one behind the record held by the legendary Pele. Uh, Neymar is also a perfect 6-for-6 on penalties for Brazil this year, so he's the go-to guy when you have a spot kick. And uh, he's also uh, the third Brazilian to score at three different World Cups, joining Ronaldo and also Pele, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, now I, I didn't stay up all night to, <laughs> to watch the game. Um, I did watch the highlights uh, this morning uh, before I came in. Um, it did seem to me that the... The second, the, the second goal was the penalty, right? Yeah, like so the rival. second goal was the penalty. Richarlison won it because he beat the Korean player to the ball and, right. and was taken down. Right. right, okay, yeah. It looked like a slightly dubious penalty to me. But anyway, anyway, I mean, Brazil were spectacular. Their movement was spectacular, wasn't it, in the first half? Exactly, and even more spectacular was that third goal when Richarlison kept the ball in mm. the air. Mm. I think he touched it five times to keep the ball up mm. and then did a one-two with his teammates and went in and scored. 
And, and, and also, I mean, credit to South Korea as well, because they didn't give up, did they? They were 4-0 down at half-time, but they kept going and they, they created some chances in the second half and, the, and, and, and they scored as well. They got, a, they got a consolation goal. Exactly, and you can say they won the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, that goal uh, scored by uh, Pak Sung-ho, uh, a young player, 25 years old, plays for Jungbook Motors, so uh, good for South Korea to end on uh, at least get a goal from the game. Mm. Mm. And our other regional representatives have gone out as well. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's too bad. They they really they, they played a very strong first half. I felt they could have scored more. So uh, they went up one 0 from uh, Dyson Maida, uh, the Celtic player, and then Croatia leveled it in the second half thanks to their veteran star Ivan Perisic with a beautiful header set up by Dejan Lovren. Mm. Uh, Perisic uh, now leads. Uh, well, he's actually level with uh, another Croatian legend, Devor Stuker, with six World Cup goals. So that means now it's uh, Croatia versus Brazil. Now, of course, that went into penalties. And uh, another hero is the uh, keeper, Dominic Levakovic, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. stopped three penalties to uh, take Croatia through to the quarterfinals. Right. And the final two round of 16 games coming up tonight? Yeah, they, they should be interesting. So first up at 11 p.m. Hong Kong time, it's Morocco versus Spain. Uh, Spain have been criticized for uh, losing to Japan in the group stage, uh, but they do have the, the, the players to get it done. Evaro Morata has scored in all three group games for Spain. But they're going to need a little more from the likes of Ferran Torres and Marco Asensio. They scored in that 7-0 opening win against Costa Rica, but have been pretty quiet ever since. Morocco are also pretty good. They haven't conceded a goal in the group stage. Well, they conceded an own goal, but you can say no opposition has actually scored against them. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a bright uh, spot for Morocco. The late game, 3 a.m. kickoff, Portugal versus Switzerland. Uh, the player to watch for Portugal is Bruno Fernandes. He was the star who scored twice against Uruguay. I think he'll be well-rested because he didn't play the last group game. On the other hand, Switzerland, they're actually pretty good. They knocked France out of the Euros uh, earlier. They also topped their World Cup qualifying group uh, ahead of Italy, and they are playing in their fourth uh, fourth, uh, consecutive World Cup. The Swiss will be relying on Granit Xhaka, the Arsenal player, and also also uh, Sheridan Shakiri to uh, get the goals for them. Okay, that's great. Uh, thanks very much, uh, Atom. And we'll speak to you again at the same time tomorrow. Okay, for sure. And just before we go, uh, email here from uh, listener Lewis says uh, uh, talking about the MTR incident once again the MTRC is getting a hammering what people seem to forget is that few places in the world possess a transport system as efficient and cheap as Hong Kong's. Hong Kong is a small crowded place and uh, traffic congestion can occur quickly. It happens uh, uh, rarely Uh, do just accept it and stop complaining as for asking ES, uh, sorry, EMSD uh, that's uh, that's the um, Electrical and Mechanical Services Department